It's Wednesday on Weagle, and that means it's time for some tailgate talk with Christian and Donovan, your go-to for all things college football. So get ready for a recap and a breakdown of all the college football scores, news, and predictions. So drop your tailgates, grab your playbooks, and get ready to talk some football. Welcome, welcome to the inaugural episode of Tailgate Talk. I am Donovan Weaver, and to my right is my co-host, Christian. Christian, you want to introduce yourself? Oh, man. What's up? We made it. We did. We finally made it. On air. Uh, I get the butterfly guy. I'm yeah. not lie. I feel like this is, this is kind of new, new ground for me. Yeah. Uh, I've done play-by-play and some color stuff on the radio, but... I don't know, just being able to talk. It's a it's a very different vibe, but I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing where this goes. Yeah, I know it's weird. It's weird, uh, again, when you're doing play-by-play, you're, like, calling the game, but, like, giving your own opinions. Yeah. And, like, give, like giving it out to everybody. And people are, like, listening to you for that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling. <laughs> the butterflies are a little bit into effect right now, but, uh, no, I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. No, I feel good, too. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Um, it's cool how, how fast all this worked out. Um, just – we both had our ideas we both were looking for co-hosts and it's almost like we filled the missing pieces that we had for one another and one day later here we are yeah no so guys if if you're if you're listening you you might think this chemistry was just just years of just (laughs) just years of just being together being best friends but in reality we actually met yesterday I know it's really hard to believe that that we haven't been at a funeral home just debating the weather for for ten or fifteen years. Yeah, no, it no, it it is, and ten or fifteen what, hours. Yeah, so we basically we met we met yesterday, and we basically got together for about two hours and just hashed it out, talked about what the show was going to be. And I'm not I'm not going to lie, I think it clicked. The chemistry was there, hundred percent. So I'm I'm getting ready for it, Christian. If you want to, you can kind of just tell the tell the people a little bit about yourself before we get into a little week one recap. Yeah. So ultimate dream. I know that's probably a big place to start. But the ultimate dream I've told everybody since I was little is college game day. If I could, yeah. if I could steal Herb Street's job, yeah, uh, that's that's the dream right there. Being able to to go to the best college environments every single week and and just sit here and almost do what we do, but yeah, with a crap ton of students and fans behind us, and then being able to call that night game. That just seems like seems like the ultimate dream. Um, I mean, it's been the dream. For yeah, as long as I can remember, um, sports have always been you know every single part of my life. I remember waking up when I was little, and it was never cartoons. It was always it was always Sports yep. Center. I remember uh, I remember walking downstairs, and 206 was uh, was the Sports Center channel, and that was pretty much the only numbers that I needed to know. Yep. Uh, growing up, but yeah, so three sport athlete uh, up until up until my freshman year of high school. That was when when football took a pause and then it was baseball basketball and um you know I don't know if you look at me and and see that me and basketball didn't have a future but you know uh, it's, no, it's definitely no. it's it was that was definitely the case no guys don't listen to him <laughs> Christian is an impressive looking athlete yeah, uh, all all 510 yeah, of me oh yeah uh yeah going up and LeBron pinning people off the backboard exactly, definitely yeah. seemed like the the everyday occasion yeah so um Reality kind of hit there, especially um, I was a graduate of Buford High School and yep. uh, or Buford University for for the people that that know of Buford and almost you know a very good sport influx almost right there. So um, when I was when I was there, my sophomore and junior year was when basketball really took off. So that was when you know I had that reality check of you know. Maybe, 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 maybe put the push or push the brakes on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, and focused on baseball and ended up getting a scholarship to play at Georgia Southwestern. Yep. And I spent a year and a half there. Uh, my freshman year was the COVID year. Okay. And you know things kind of kind of panned out not as I was expecting, but looking at it now wouldn't change wouldn't change anything. Um, you know things happened where baseball felt like more of a job than fun obviously you know college is not you know you can't really 
half butted anymore. You gotta take you gotta take it seriously. And so that was when like the announcing opportunities came, and I was able to announce on the radio for um, the baseball team, and then uh, like the basketball teams as well. So that was that was a whole lot of fun. Yeah. No. No. I mean, dude. I uh, you know just so I'm Donovan Weaver, by the way. Uh, just came from a really small town called Bruton, Alabama. Shout out to Bruton. If you know where that's at, I'm really impressed. It's right on the Florida-Bama line. Um, you know, just growing up, huge sports fan. Growing up, going to every Auburn game. Just full disclosure, I am an Auburn fan, but this, you know, this is an Auburn radio station. So uh, hopefully, a lot of y'all are Auburn fans too. <laughs> but just growing up, going to every home football game. Just I, I just fell in love with it immediately. Kind of like you, no, not a bunch of cartoons. Mostly just, mostly just waking up, college game day. Just listening yeah. to that. Uh, I still want, still one of my favorite like sounds in the world is the CBS the dun oh, da, 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 I was, I was da, actually da, 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 talk about yeah. that yeah yeah just uh, waking the future, up the future Big Ten yeah Big Ten exactly yeah exactly I know that's so weird I, I just gonna, I hope they change it they, they're gonna have to change it they, that's that's an SEC I know that is an SEC anthem I just remember like being like 2010 being nine years old and just uh just seeing that Auburn Bama logo and like the little fall leaves would come and all yeah. that but no uh so played uh. Was a major golfer in high school. Okay. Very, very uh, average, I would say. But we did, we did take our t- uh, team to the state championship my senior year, which was our first time ever going. I was pretty proud of that. Came in third, so that was a good thing. Played a little bit of basketball, a little bit of football. Wasn't very good at either. Um, <laughs> but you know, again, little six foot, one eighty pound. Not, not, not really yeah. much to go with there. Uh, but no, just loved it. Went to Troy University for a year. Loved it there. But did transfer, transferred during COVID, which was that was rough. But then uh, came here, and again, I, I I'm, at my, I'm at my dream school right now. Yeah. And now, I mean, do, doing what we're doing right now, this is again, it's like a dream come true. That like we get, to, yeah, no, one hundred percent. We get to talk on the air about the sport we love. It's again, it's mind boggling that we're, we're getting this opportunity. Yeah, and it's cool enough too because you know it sounds a little cliche that we're sitting here introducing ourselves, but yeah, at the exactly. same time, it's almost like. I'm getting to like legitimately know no, you yeah, yeah. this because yeah. it it honestly hasn't been well that meeting yesterday was at four PM. So it's exactly. been it's been twenty three hours yep. and uh yeah, balls balls rolling big time now. No, no, it's good. And and I know uh, if y'all are tuning in, y'all are probably thinking, Man, isn't this a isn't this a sports show? There's a lot of a lot of personal yeah. talk going on right <laughs> now. No, this this won't be every week. Just you know, it is their inaugural episode of the highly uh Highly acclaimed, uh, self-proclaimed. Sorry, tailgate talk. So either one. Yeah, exactly. But uh, if if you're good, I'm I'm ready to go into a little week zero recap. I'm in. Because if y'all didn't know, there was college football this past weekend. I know we're all excited. Week one is on the horizon. Just a couple days. Actually, we got got a couple big games tomorrow. But no, we did have college football over this past weekend, and one pretty prominent game. If uh, if Christian, if you want to go a little into that, you can. Yeah. So. Uh, first of all, shout out to the NCAA for expanding the realm of college football. Yeah, having that game in in Dublin, Ireland. Yeah, I know Dublin. When I, when I saw it, I was like, I, I I immediately thought of like the London, like the NFL games, yep. and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like that's pretty cool. They're bringing college football to London. And then the more I looked at it, I was like, no, that's Ireland. No, no, it was awesome. And uh, you know, I'm I'm part Irish, so you know, a part of me was like, oh. They're going to my homeland, not yeah. really. Uh, but you know, uh, I mean, if you if you saw me, I'm a I'm a the, probably just the, the palest skin person you'd ever meet. So you'd be like, yep, that's he, he's he's Irish born. <laughs> but yeah, no, I no, I just I think it's so cool that they did get a game over there. Yeah. Um, for week week zero because you know e- England, you know, football over there that's that's soccer to yeah. us, and yeah. so they don't get a lot of American football. Uh, so I, I just a really cool opportunity for just the the city of Ireland. And and the two teams that played Northwestern and Nebraska, I think one of them had a better time than the other. But just for them to get that experience, that's pretty cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, Northwestern beating Nebraska, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Would you believe it? Another one-score <laughs> loss by Mr. Scott Frost. It's yep. funny I put in here that there's three things that are certain in life: it's death, taxes, and Scott Frost losing by a single touchdown yeah, or yeah. a single score. Um, looking at it in one-score games, Scott Frost is five and twenty-one in his seven years as a head coach. Yep. But in that situation, it's it's very it's awkward to 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 see one only one side because mm-hmm. when you're looking at it, 
you you see, oh wow, that's a lot of losses. But it's yeah. a lot of one score games. But you're looking at the teams that are playing, and it's not like they're just getting blown out, and it's exactly. not like they're playing nobodies. So I mean, going back to last year, nine of their ten losses. Nebraska went three and nine last year, obviously. Yep. But nine of their now ten losses are by one score, and they're by good teams. Yep. So I mean, looking at recapping last year, they lost twenty three to sixteen um, at an eleven win Oklahoma team. They lost twenty three to twenty in overtime at an eleven win Michigan State team. They lost thirty two to twenty nine at home against a very overshadowed Michigan team who, let me remind you, made it to the college football playoffs. Oh yeah, very yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean and they I mean it just the list keeps going. They lost lost by a touchdown at Wisconsin. Uh, they lost by a touchdown against Iowa, who just happened to also win the Big Ten West. Uh-huh. So it's not like they're playing these nobody teams. It just seems like there's one or two coaching decisions that can't seem to go his way. It's like it's. I want to emphasize with him because it's he's trying to do the right thing. He's yeah. trying to to turn that ship to to get it to where he wants it to go. Because I mean, obviously, you're not trying to lose. Yeah, exactly, but. Yeah. In those pressure situations, I mean, going back to the game last weekend, you're up by 11, you're up 28 to 17, you're down by three at the half, you come up, fire two touchdowns. Why are you kicking an onside kick? I just, I, that decision, because I, I, I was watching the game and I, I almost turned it off because yeah. I was like, oh, I think, uh, I think Nebraska's got this in the back. They got yeah. all the momentum. And then you trot out the, the, uh, the kicking team. And you set up in an onside kick formation. I'm like, what are they doing here? Yeah, like, no, what, what, what is the thought process? And it just seems like, and you know, this is his fifth year. It's just, it just, it just seems like every game he he makes a couple of decisions where you just you just kind of think to yourself like, what are you thinking? Yeah. And it never goes his way. Uh, it like it never does. Just looking at his record, somebody joked last year that Nebraska uh, Nebraska might be the best three and nine team in college football history. Hundred percent. And, that, and yeah. that and that's probably true. They they weren't a bad team at all. And they again, but they they went three and nine. And again, people don't look at how you lose. They they look at your record. Yeah. And when yeah. you're going three and nine, you just you're not especially at a storied. Uh, program like Nebraska where I think a lot of people can agree when when teams like Nebraska are good it's better for college football 100% and when you're going three three and nine just doesn't cut it and yeah. I, and, and it, you hate it for him because you know he, he takes UFC to a quote-unquote uh, sorry UCF to a quote-unquote <laughs> national championship beat too, too soon yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> beating beating Jarrett Stidham and my Auburn Tigers but uh you know it's just and then, you know, he goes to Nebraska. He played at Nebraska. Everybody's hyped for him to come there, and they think he's the savior. Um, and it just and it, it just has been a dumpster fire ever yeah. since he's gotten there. It's been five years of just losing. And, I mean, so, like, at some point you've got to be like, you got to cut the cord. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere uh, up next. We're going to continue this week zero discussion. We're going to look ahead to the highlighted week one games, followed by – Hopefully an expectation of your Auburn Tigers. You're listening to the Tailgate Talk on Weagle 91.1. And welcome back into the show on Weagle 91.1. You're listening to Tailgate Talk with Christian and Donovan. Now, uh, we, we went a little long in our last segment talking about Scott Frost. Uh, I just want to mention this real quick. I want to I want to give a credit to him. Vanderbilt routing Hawaii yes. 63 to 10. Vandy rushed for 404 yards combined as a team and five touchdowns. Uh, don't want to talk about it long. Just want to give a quick shout out. I I do think they've they're they're doing a little something over there. I think so. I, you know they're making something happen. Yeah, I mean uh, it it might be the first time in forever when you can say that Vanderbilt was atop the SEC. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It, you yeah. might have an asterisk by they're the only SEC team that, uh, that played does, so far. That but, doesn't matter. But that no. doesn't. I mean, go ahead and. No, they're one and zero. Go ahead and hang the banners. I yeah, mean, I would. I, um, but no, I mean, it's it's funny. Whenever I think of of Vanderbilt and you know starting off, you ever seen that that clip on YouTube of Vanderbilt starting like three and zero, and they interviewed the lineman, <laughs> yes. and he's like, he's like, you're yeah. gonna, you're going to know what happens when you come play football here, Alabama. You're next. Yeah, yeah, and you're next. You're next. <laughs> and that ended with like a fifty nine to nothing Alabama victory. So yeah. it's just funny. It's. It's not comical to see Vanderbilt doing good because I mean it is good for the program. Yeah, very good. Yeah. But I just I can't help but think of that little video and yeah. how how just, <laughs> it's just like it, yeah. it couldn't be more perfect for Vanderbilt. But yeah, like what you were saying, uh, four hundred and 
four total yards, four 100-yard rushers. Yeah, that's it's insane. And I just want to mention real quick before we move on that Christian actually has Vanderbilt as his dark horse in the East. I don't, I don't know what I think <laughs> about that, but you know, I think that's a hot take. Uh, you know, I, I, I it's crazy because I don't remember saying that. But, oh, okay, I mean, okay, yeah. If if something happens to where that ha- uh, that happens, hey, I'll take credit for yeah, it. Yeah, no, well, we said it, so it, you know, it's it's on air. We got the footage, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but uh, uh, enough about Vandy for right now. Let's go into the Week One preview, and we got five huge games for Week One. Yeah, and starting off, uh, let's talk about Number Seven Utah at Florida. Utah's uh, favored by about two and a half. It's a pretty tight game uh, down there at the Swamp. Uh, you want to open with that? What do you think, Christian? Yeah, so it's it's one of those games where, I, f- I mean, it's a week one game, but I yeah. feel like it's almost a must win for both teams. Yeah, no, it because, is. Because, I mean, Utah's coming off the high expectations with the Rose Bowl. Uh, I mean, yes, they lost to Ohio State, but they still yeah. made it to the Rose Bowl. But they're still trying to almost build that program into what can – consistently be a legitimate program yeah and they're coming down to a what i believe will be a mid-major sec team this year yeah and so you know if if florida wins you know they're looking at it as okay look who we just beat yeah. but if utah loses yeah, that's that's not that's not going to be a good look with with having that L in that column. Yeah, no, I, I remember we were, we were kind of talking about the show, and I was going to get more into something else, but I I didn't realize how big this is for the Pac-12. Yeah, because Utah's, I mean, one of the favorites to win the Pac-12. So if you go down week one and you lose to what's expected to be a, a like kind of like a middle tier SEC team, new coaching staff, yeah, not really expecting a whole lot from Florida. I mean, obviously they're story programs, so you expect them to you know do well. But if you come down there. And as the Pac-12 favorite, and you get beat, especially if you get beat like in convincing fashion, that looks really bad on the back the Pac-12 just as a whole. It does. Um, because I mean, you, uh, I know I know a lot of people like to say like SEC bias, but like this is where it comes from yeah. when, when teams come down and they just and they can't compete. Um, where, whether they be on a talent level or whatever, it just it doesn't look good. So I, this is a really important game for not just Utah but the Pac-12 as a whole. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No. So my three anta- my three intangibles for the game. Um, first off, it's a night game in the swamp. It doesn't matter how mediocre a Florida team is if you're playing in the swamp. Yeah. It's almost like playing in Death Valley at LSU. No, or it's crazy. Regardless of what it is, I mean, playing here in Jordan-Hare against you know Alabama or whatever, it doesn't matter who the opponent is, especially with a night game. The place is going to get rowdy. The place is going to get ra- going to get loud. Yeah. Uh, second is it's the Florida Heat. Oh, um, I mean, there really is nothing to compare to it. It's awful. I mean, as much preparation as you can do in Utah for. 100% humidity, 97, yeah. even like 110. Like yeah. there's there's only so much you can do about it. And then honestly, I mean, the Utah defense is bringing back a couple couple speed guys that that they needed and they're bringing back or they're uh, getting a couple transfers to to help to help speed up the defense, but uh I mean, I just I literally I I think the SEC speed's going to be too much for them. Yep. Um I really do. Um I don't know how high I am on Anthony Richardson from the standpoint yeah. of him throwing. Yeah. But if you can throw your little flat routes, you can throw your slants, you can run the QB reads to yep. keep the defense honest. I think getting getting the skill guys in space will be will be enough for the def- or for uh enough for the Florida offense. Um and I got Florida covering and I actually have them, I mean I have them winning um uh, 31 to 20. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's interesting like, going back to Anthony Richardson. I you know, I know a lot of people weren't were really high on him last year and he didn't quite impress like people thought he would. I actually, I'm pretty high on him this year. I just think the athleticism. I think I think he's one of those players where he can win you a game. He can go out there and like we won this game because we have him and you don't. Yeah. Uh, almost. I, I I would never make this comparison, but like a like think about like a worse version of Cam Newton. That's kind of <laughs> what I like. What like obviously I think Cam Newton is one of the greatest to ever play the game, but like kind of like that where. If you have him, you got a shot to win the game. Yeah. But going to Utah, give them a little credit. They they did they did go to a Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl last year, played Ohio State, and almost beat them. Yeah. And uh, really put up huge numbers on that Ohio State defense. And they're returning both their quarterback Cameron Rising and their running back Tavion Thomas. So I don't know. I I, I do agree with you though. I think Florida has this one. I I just think again. I think it's too much of a talent gap for Utah to overcome I think they're if they are going to win 
I think Florida's almost going to have to make some mistakes, mm-hmm. which could happen. Yeah, new no, coaching – again, new coaching staff. we got Billy and Apier coming down there, who I think is a phenomenal coach and I, I think was a great hire by Florida. I, I think Florida's just going to be – again, I, I like the speed thing you said. It's just – I think they're going to be a little too fast for Utah to handle. Yeah. Well, yeah, talking about – I feel like the SEC this year could be a a battle of the running quarterbacks. Like oh, you're saying – this guy can go out and win you a game. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it flows perfectly into our next matchup with Cincinnati and Arkansas, uh, just with K.J. Jefferson and his legs. Yeah. Uh, he's the leading rusher for the Arkansas offense, yep. which uh, which is crazy enough Yeah, just considering, you know, the comparisons with Cam Newton. I feel like I remember hearing some from him. And, obviously, I mean, yeah, yeah. he didn't necessarily live up to those expectations in the second half of the season last year. Yeah. But I know you said you're really high on Arkansas this year, Aren't you? Oh, I'm. Oh, okay, guys. So, like, here, here's my. I'll, I'll say it right now. Um, obviously, we got number nine. We got number twenty-three, Cincinnati, going in to Arkansas, who is ranked number nineteen. And this is my dark. This is. I'll say it right now. My dark horse to win the SEC West. I know we all want to say Bama. I know everybody's high on Texas A&M. I'm telling you, Arkansas, the Razorbacks, look out for them. I think they are going to be lethal this year. And I, I think this, I think they're about to show it against Cincinnati. I mean, they're they're returning a lot of people. They're returning their quarterback, KJ Jefferson. You just said it that I know a lot of people aren't impressed with the the throwing ability. I do think uh, the running, the the running aspect he brings to the table is going to be a difference maker. And I just think Arkansas as a whole, they're bringing back four of their O linemen from last year. They led the nation 229 rushing yards per game. They've got all their running backs back again, KJ Jefferson. I think I just I think Arkansas is going to be a tough, tough to beat this year. Whether you're playing them there or on the road, and Cincinnati's got to go there. And don't forget, guys, Cincinnati lost Desmond Ritter, who yeah. was one of the better quarterbacks in the league last year. Uh, got drafted to my Atlanta Falcons. Um, but I, I just they've also they also lost two defense linemen to the draft, who were just pivotal for the, for that for that defense. I just I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't see this game being close. I don't know your opinion on Christian. I, I think I think Arkansas routes them. I've actually got that game 31-17. Yeah, no, I I honestly agree with you. Um, and you know, talking about who else they lost, they lost arguably the two best cornerbacks in college football. I about to say, didn't even mention that. Sauce yeah. Gardner, who impressively enough, it kind of needs to be mentioned whenever his name comes up. He didn't allow a touchdown in college football. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. Like you, if you, uh, I, I think that's insane. And then Kobe Bryant on the yep, other side. Yep. I mean, what a name! I, feel I know like you can't not yeah, be an athlete yeah. and have that name. I, rem- I remember draft night. They were like, oh, "Who's going to go in front of who?" Because they're just both so good. Yeah. Like you're like, "Who's going to get like whoever gets either one of those players?" They're just they're they're studs. And yeah, they lost both of them. They have to replace that. I just it's Cincinnati lost a lot. I'm surprised. No, no offense to Cincinnati fans out there, but I'm I'm surprised you you got a ranking in the AP poll for as much as you lost. Yeah. So, well, I mean, looking at the spread, it's a touchdown right now. I think it was six and a half the other day. It moved up to seven. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's kind of disrespectful for being completely honest, just because like like what you said, how much they lost. Yeah. But. You know, with it being in Fayetteville, mm-hmm. that gives the spread an automatic three or four points. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So what the spread is essentially saying is Arkansas is going to win by a field goal. Yeah. And I, I'm not buying that at I'm all. I'm not buying that either. Um, I just have – I have – I mean, I don't – just K.J. Jefferson is scrambling the read options and the draws. Uh, I mean, like what you said, like the, the comparison to Cam Newton, I feel like he's almost the one that fits that replica or the mold the most. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I have Arkansas 37 to 24. Just – yeah, I think I – think, I think the Hogs' offense is going to be too much for them. No, I think I think they're going to be extremely talented. Now we've we've only got a couple more minutes till commercial break, but I do I do want to go ahead and let's start on this game. Let's move to Florida State versus LSU. This is going to be in New Orleans, guys, on Sunday. So no NFL this week. We we still got a week towards that. If you are a, a big uh, a big professional football fan, but you do have a game on Sunday, and it's the Seminoles versus the Tigers uh, in. In Caesar, I think Caesar Palace. Is that what they call the stadium now down there now? Because uh, it used to be Mercedes Benz, but I they think, yeah, yeah, they changed it to Caesars because uh, Atlanta won that war. Like Atlanta wins everything over the, <laughs> uh, over the Saints, but not going to talk about that. But uh, LSU coming out with a they're a three and a half point favorite. Obviously, Brian Kelly's in at head coach from Notre Dame. 
Uh, I, I know the, the boys down in Baton Rouge are extremely excited about that. How, how do you see that one playing out? Um, if we're being honest, I think that the LSU Whiskey fans okay. play a lot into the game. It's basically a home game. Yeah, um, yeah. A home game for them. And, uh, you know, I think the the home field advantage essentially uh, will come into play. Uh, let's hope that Brian Kelly's dancing videos with his recruits pays off and he ends up getting <laughs> the guys that yeah. that he was wanting. Cause yeah. I, know that, I know that he's ready to get that look away from him. Yeah. Because yeah, as of right now, if if you if he loses week one, you know that that those videos are going to be resurfacing with, with with rapid success. Yeah, yeah. And Brian Kelly, I don't, I don't know if you are looking for a six foot, um, one hundred eighty <laughs> pound, twenty one year old, but I am currently I'm currently I'm I'm not playing for Auburn. So yeah. and I, I enjoyed the videos. It, it got it got me it got me it got me hyped up. So if you are looking for a, a really solid linebacker, I'm I can step in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. no. But I think uh, I think Brian he wins his first game. It'll be his seventh straight home open or seventh straight opener um, of victory. But I think it's close. I really do. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't expect either offense to look great. Yeah. Um, I think that you know if it, I have a score, I have twenty eight twenty four LSU. Okay. But I don't see those touchdown drives as anything in like dominating fashion it could be a you know turnover in the red zone or whatever leads to an easy easy drive but uh yeah I got I got the Tigers sticking it out 28-24 yeah so I've so obviously we have we have Florida State's coach this is his third or fourth year here uh at Florida State uh, third or fourth Uh, I think it's the third third third, okay um I think this is a pivotal game for Mike Norvell down there he you know, it just they. You know, they haven't won an opener since 2016. I since 2016, Florida State has not won a home like like oh, oh since since last week when they beat Duquesne. Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. was their first. That was their first uh, week like week one win since 2016, and they rushed for over 400 yards in that game. And I know it's Duquesne, which I know a lot of y'all probably don't even know where that is or who that is. No, no offense to the Duquesne fans <laughs> out there. I think this is a pivotal game. I've actually. I'm gonna go Florida State. This is my first like big. I not. I don't even know. If it'd be, I think it'd be a slight upset. I, I got Florida State in this one mostly because I've got a big time Florida State buddy, and he's telling me he's telling me they're different down there this all year. All the inside. Yeah, yeah. They're no they're, bias at they, all. Right? No, no bias at all. They're contending. <laughs> they're, they're, oh wow. They're, no, they're contending down there. Yeah, in the ACC. But I hate it. I, I want to talk a little bit more about this game, but we unfortunately we do have to go to break. So you are listening to Tiger Talk. We'll be back right after this. And welcome back into Tiger Talk on Weagle 91.1. Now, for the next game we've got coming up, it's a big one. we got number five Notre Dame at number two Ohio State. So a top five matchup in week one, that's insane. But we're actually bringing in our Notre Dame insider, Alex. So we're bringing a guest on the show, first guest. So, woo, first guest on uh, Tailgate Talk, Alex. Uh, Who also just happens to kind of be our boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like little, like he, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah no, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's not a big deal. But uh, um, so, Alex, what, do you, what, do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that game, on that Notre Dame-Ohio State game? Well, as someone who's watched one too many Notre Dame games in my time, Obviously, all the bad feelings of they're going to get blown out because they're playing a big <laughs> opponent again. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's a big test for what the Marcus Freeman era is going to be about because, let's be real, if anybody that watches Notre Dame, regardless of all the known criticisms and whatnot and stereotypes about Notre Dame, the issue is the fact that they have not shown up in any big game as far as anybody can really remember. The two biggest games in, I mean – that I can think of is when they played Clemson on the road in 2015 and Florida State on the road in 2014, and then Oklahoma in 2012, and then Clemson when they in the during the COVID year. Those are like the only four times they've had a big, big time opponent that they've won or been at least close in. Even last year, even though it was close, I mean they were beating Oklahoma State out of the stadium, and then Oklahoma State just marched back, and Jack Cohn looked hopeless. Lord have mercy, yeah, yeah. he was hopeless. <laughs> Um, so I think it's just, you know, what is Marcus Freeman going to do that's different? What Because yeah. people want different. I mean, yeah. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame, but a lot of people in Notre Dame didn't want Brian Kelly there anymore. People yeah. were tired. No. I, I know people who were. I know people who were very furious that he left anyway because how dare you leave Notre Dame? Because, I mean, it is, yeah. it's still the premier brand in college football. It may not be Alabama wins-wise, yeah. but it's about as nationwide as any program there is. Oh. And that will continue for who knows how long with the conference thing. You don't know. But I think it's all about setting the tone, even – me just going in, I'm not expecting a win, but I want to see him compete against C.J. Stroud in this great Ohio State team. I mean, it's in Ohio Stadium. 
It's the shoe. I mean, it's one of the best home field advantages in college football. Compete and don't get run out of the stadium like you have in the last ten college football playoff games. It's felt like or yeah. whatever. Because I mean, that, that's how every one of those games feels. Oh my gosh, I don't even know. But that's 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 my take is that it's really about what Freeman will do team wise. I think they're as talented as they were last year. Honestly, I don't yeah. I don't think they lost as much as a lot of people think they did. So I think I mean, I think Freeman's a great coach and he's pulling in all the recruits. But it's about that on the field product because everyone's kind of waiting. Because that Oklahoma yeah. State game, that was kind of, you know, that was those are bowl games. Bowl games are weird. They always are. They've been weird the last few years, especially with how things have changed. Yeah. That's my take. Yeah, no, I, I do think it – I think it's interesting what you said about Brian Kelly, about how obviously he, he had major success at Notre Dame. But I remember talking – I've got a couple of Notre Dame friend, uh, fans uh, – uh, friends, actually – and they wanted him gone. I mean, as far back as like 2012, when they got absolutely uh, was that 2012 when they got when they got obliterated by Alabama? Yes, it was. My brother and dad were at that game. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to Alex's brother and dad to be bringing up that <laughs> not not particularly fond memories. But I do think it's interesting that the number five team in the country is a 17 and a half point dog. Yeah. I mean, to, to anybody, I, I it's. It's it's kind of I guess it's not surprising considering how high people are on Ohio State and they are bringing back C.J. Stroud who just had just an incredible year last year. You know he's a he's I think I th- he's my favorite to win the Heisman. I, I that, that's who I that's who I think will win it. Um, so I don't know I. I think I think I think it will be closer than people think. I've got it thirty-one twenty-one. I think it'll be a pretty close game, but I think Ohio State probably probably pulls away with it in the uh, fourth. Christian, what do you think? You know, I think it's it's crazy seeing these these week one games that can implement so much going forward. It's almost like the committee likes it because it takes the stress off of them. They're not in the yeah. spotlight anymore having to decide, oh, crap, we have four one-loss teams or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting seeing, you know, two teams that feel like they can compete for the playoff every single year. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the committee, you know, there's obviously the one-loss teams that can get in. It's almost like the committee allows those screw-up games, if you will, for each team, whether it's Clemson with, like, NC State or Syracuse. You know, every team has one of those slip-ups. But the loser here, you can't you can't have a screw-up because, nah, no. because what, we're going into year – what, 10, 11 of the college football playoff? And there Actually, it's, been only, a, it's only eight, I is believe. Is it eight? Yeah. Okay, well, my bad then. A little um, fact check for you. Yeah. Okay. Hey, look, I, I just remember 2014 because that was when Ohio State and Cardell Jones just That's ran right. through it That's right. Okay, all. no, you are right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there hasn't been a two-loss team to make it. Or, yeah. honestly, I mean, there's only been a couple that I can think of that have even scratched the surface of having a legitimate argument for. Exactly. You know, yeah. the I think the 2017 Auburn team, um, after beating – you know, two number ones. Yep. Uh, I think they were ranked second or third. Uh, that was when we lost to Clemson on week one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that two lost team right there. And then, uh, I mean, Ohio State maybe a time or two. And then, but other than that, the the Baylor team from last year that won the Big 12 is the only other team that I can think of that's had a legitimate argument of, hey, we kind of deserve a spot. But, I mean, a two lost team just hasn't been able to make it so I mean a, a win here regardless of how how ugly it is or how pretty it is yeah. you just got to get the job done to that way give yourself a little bit of breathing room obviously you don't want to have to fall back on that but worst case scenario you do yeah no I think it is interesting so we're going to move on our next game where I'm not gonna lie I didn't think we were gonna spend a lot of time on this game we were first uh go uh making up the show Number three, Georgia versus number 11, Oregon, in Atlanta, in the ATL, the greatest city on the planet. And I was thinking, oh, this is pretty cut dry. Georgia's going to kill them. We're not going to talk about them that much. But Christian has a little bit of a different take on this. Christian, you want to talk about what you think? Uh, well, I can already let you know now that we're going to have to continue after the commercial break. Yeah, because, no, no, that's fine. That's uh, fine. <laughs> there's there's quite a little bit here that I have to talk about. Perfectly okay with First that. off, uh what a quote neutral site for the defending national champion. Yes, neutral. It's completely neutral. Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally like, I mean, I, I looked it up and from Eugene to Mercedes-Benz is 2,610 miles versus 73. Mm. You know, that's that's a little bit of a, of a difference. J- just and, a little bit. And I understand that, you know, college football teams, you know, their, their fans travel. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, I don't I don't really expect this one to be 50-50, although that's how the ticket sales are supposed to be. I would yeah, exactly. I, I tend to believe that there'd be quite a few more people in red and black. We'll see. It's all, uh, yeah, we'll see. Georgia fans do travel well, and they only have to travel a short distance this time around, don't they? Quote, dogs travel. Uh, I don't know how I'm, I mean, how much you're going to have to to feed an argument for this game. Um, oh, man. This took me, what, until 2.58 to write a – <laughs> to write yeah. a final score for yeah no no it was it was funny we were sitting in the bullpen we were just kind of going over the show right and I and I we were we, we kind of already had who we had to win and Christian was he was still back and forth like I don't know like I don't know if I want Oregon or Georgia and it was funny me and Alex were actually sitting there like yeah, it's, it's Georgia it's Georgia and he's like I don't know but no have you have you finally come to your decision I mean I have but there's a lot of faith yeah and I think that shows you who my pick is. Okay, okay. It, um, it does. And you've also convinced me to the other side, I will admit. Really? But I will get to, I'll, I'll get wow. to that, and I'll let you, wow. I'll let you go right ahead. Wow. Big controversy okay. so, in the first but episode. The, the thing with me is m- my brain is like, come on, Georgia. Like, logically. You're like exactly. arguably returning the best complete team in college football. Uh, I mean, you're looking at from – the running backs of Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh returning, uh, the late found confidence from Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's safe to say that this might be the best tight end room college football has ever seen. It's incredible. The fact that four deep. The fact that the fourth guy who I forgot his name, but who just came in could be starting on your favorite team. Oh yeah. Is the fourth guy in line for Kirby Smart. I don't know how he does it, but with Brock Bowers, who received Heisman votes in the preseason. Yep. uh, Followed by Arik Garrett, their LSU transfer, and then Darnell Washington. The three of them. I mean. It's hard to go up against that matchup any anytime. Yeah, uh, and that doesn't. I mean, I, I've just talked about offense. I haven't talked about that what ju- Kirby that, Smart that bulldog lives defense. on, and it's that Georgia <laughs> defense that I mean, I feel like is almost respectably a fill in the a fill in replace, such as Alabama with five stars. Yeah, uh, I mean, you might have some new faces, but I feel like a talent standpoint, you're going to have the same amount of of depth and the same quality of starts. And going back to last year, I mean, the guys that are going to be sophomores and juniors, it wasn't like the seniors that got drafted. It wasn't like they took 100% of the snaps. I mean, they rotated a decent amount of the time. Yeah. So it's not like they're coming in with guys that don't have experience. So, you know, with that said, it's, I'm sitting here like, how? How, am, how is my brain even – how am I thinking that Oregon even has a chance? How could you think that? And Who would think such a thing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, simply put, I mean – if you're looking at it of a college football 101 for dummies booklet, it's it's going to have to be the offensive line of Georgia versus the Oregon front seven on their defensive side. Yeah. If you put Stetson Bennett in the Georgia offense in second and four, third and one situations, play action pass is going to tear you apart. Yeah. That's what they did last year. That's how they, they fiend off of defenses because they tested Stetson but with the play action pass because Georgia's run game was so good it opened up everything and it's funny because being from Georgia there's so many people that are so down on Stetson and so honestly like angry that he returned and still don't love him in the backfield but dude is the most perfect scheme quarterback to manage yeah but the negative can be he could you know if a perfect world lined up he's the perfect quarterback to scheme against exactly yeah and I don't think that there's a better coach that knows the Georgia offense better than Dan Lanning, who oh. just happened to be the Georgia defensive coordinator last year. Oh, really? Yeah. So, Aww. you know, if you're going up against a team that you know quite well, um, I think that – I don't want to say that that favors you, but I, I want to say that it gives them a little bit of an advantage. And over the years – it's proven that Kirby Smart doesn't want to make changes unless he has to. Yes. And after you win a national championship, I don't think Kirby is in the locker room going, he's obviously going, how can we get better? But he's not going, I need to change this. I need to change this. I need to change this. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, obviously maybe for week one, you'll throw a couple of wrinkles in there, but I think he's going to stick with the same type of plan. And I mean, I just, I just don't think that there's anybody that knows Georgia better than the Georgia man himself, who I think arguably could have been the most valuable coach in college football. I no. mean, that Georgia defense was 
comparable to the LSU offense of 2019. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to continue the discussion after after the break because we I want to I want to get more into this game, especially on what your defense is going to be for for the Oregon side. But I do want to mention real quick, if you don't know, we just mentioned Dan Lanning. He's been, he, he was the, he was at Georgia since 2018, so he started out as their linebackers coach, and then was their D coordinator from the 2019 to 2021 season. So this guy, this guy, he's a national championship defensive coach. He he coached at Georgia just last year. He was their D coordinator. So I it's it, this is a very interesting game, and we haven't even gotten to Bo Nix, the prodigal son. Going, oh no, there's there's plenty more to going get. into Eugene, Oregon. But uh, we're gonna take a quick break uh thank you for listening in you're listening to tiger talk and welcome back into tailgate talk um i thought we were going to make it through a perfect broadcast but i just butchered that name (laughs) oh yeah i guess i was just i was so hyped up over this oregon georgia game that i just totally lost my head there but yeah i I am don and we got christian here the co-host and then our special guest who who might be may or may not be our boss alex has also joined us but we're gonna keep may or on, may not be but we're gonna keep on talking this uh before this, anything i would love would you would you repeat what you said to me over the break yeah, uh did. that you've convinced me on on the uh oregon and uh georgia debate i don't know i'm going back and uh, forth i got to, i got my theories well, but i'll wait i mean I'm about I, to say. I told you i i i don't know how much i slept last night <laughs> for for a podcast picking a team because I have so I mean trust me I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep talking yeah, I have so much to where it's like I, I literally took me until we went on air to pick a winner yeah well I'm I'm sitting here and I'm you know I've I've, I've got Georgia right now but I'm I'm ready to be convinced otherwise I would I would love because <laughs> I mean I again I'm an Auburn fan I would I would love for the Ducks to come down here to Atlanta and uh put a whooping on the dog so yeah. y- you can continue yeah no so. All of that right there, I feel like, is a coaching and a talent breakdown of what's going to happen. And now, don't get me wrong. I am, All of this is mostly of, of faith and of what could happen because, you isn't, know. Isn't that what sports is? It is. That's, yeah. But I, I do I, – the reason it was so hard for me to pick is because – you know, if it's the third quarter and Oregon goes three and out twice, and Oregon or and Georgia puts a quick fourteen up on them, the game could go out of out of hand quickly. Yeah. But the thing with me, and this was almost the thing that made it harder because I started swaying back to Georgia. I really did last night, but I had this thing just come across me, and it was like too good to not talk about. Yeah. And so I think I think the three of us can agree that in a professional sports field, whether it's the NFL, or the NBA. Talent wins. Simple as that. Yeah. But usually the Ta- best players on the field talent get the job done. will win. And obviously that helps with college football. Mm-hmm. It helps being Alabama. It helps being Georgia. It helps getting constant five. I mean, shoot, it feels like they're getting six and seven stars <laughs> to come and play for <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, they need a new category for what Mama and Georgia, but, Georgia get. But it, like what you were saying, isn't that why we love college football? Because what could be logical could be – the exact opposite of what happens. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where I'm leaning because it's not a talent thing. It's not it's not a there's a thing called heart. And as as silly and as stupid as that sounds, I feel like that plays very well into a team that is very well camaraderie. And it takes as as not joking as it is it takes something serious for a whole team especially in the nil area yeah in the transfer portal era transfer portal era to click and to come together and be one and you know i don't think that oregon has i don't think i don't think oregon can out talent georgia (laughs) i don't think that i don't think many teams can no not at all but the special teams, they rally behind more than just like a practice or, or going out to dinner with the teams. Oregon had a receiver named Spencer Webb who passed away earlier this year with a freak head injury when yeah. he was doing some uh, – like a, a slide thing on like a rock slide, hit his head and passed away. You tell me that that Oregon team is not going to rally around that. Yeah, I don't think that there could be more motivation than a football team – Losing not only a, a brother, yeah, but arguably Oregon's top receiver, arguably a Pac-10 All-American, something like that. Yeah, 
the fact that a team could lose something like that, I feel like it's non-debatable who's going to have just that ultimate willpower from the heart. You know, just it's 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 a a camaraderie thing, like I'm saying. It just, but again, just going back to it, as much of a good story that would be, yeah, it comes to the reality of we got to play four quarters of football. We got to play sixty minutes, and I think three quarters of that could go very well. But as soon as all those Georgia fans start holding those fingers up, those four fingers up representing the fourth quarter, things could change and it could go downhill quickly. So I think that's where the big question mark is, is whether Oregon can can handle that, the crowd and the environment of basically a Georgia home game, especially if Bo Nix is the quarterback, because that brings all the more reason for Georgia to want to absolutely run Georgia or run Oregon out of the water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. You, you mentioned the heart thing. Cause it, isn't that why we, why everybody is so passionate about sports and exactly. they, they love sports. It's cause it, it just brings out a, like just a different emotion. Just everybody. I, it's just a lot of heart. If you're a fan, if you're an avid fan of any team, you know how much heart you put into that. And then you, you go, you mentioned what all, tragically what Oregon's lost over the offseason it's just uh, this terrible thing but I mean that is like stuff like that that that's what that's what keeps you going that's what makes you work harder and and want to conquer and want to do more than you thought you could do yeah and that, that's that's an interesting point I haven't even thought about that and then and then going to the Bo Nix thing whereas Georgia I think would love to beat Bo Nix because obviously you know the Auburn quarterback the last two uh two three years I think Bo. I think Bo Nix has had this game scheduled, and it's his first game at Oregon. And you know he's in a QB competition. I think he, he's going to want to ball out. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And I think that that offensive platform that Oregon provides is perfect for what Bo wants. Yeah. Um, as as hard as it is to say, I don't feel like the Auburn scheme fit him very well. And you know that's a story for a different day. I still don't think that. A, it was you know this was all his fault or B that he was treated the way that he should have <laughs> when yeah, he was here exactly. But that Oregon that Oregon offense, the air raid where he's going to scramble, I think he could easily be. I don't know in this game because I imagine it being pretty low scoring. Yeah. But I think in the rest of the Pac-12, I think that he could be like a 350 through the air and 50 to 75 on the ground every single game. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I mean like I'm, I mean. I'm I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna do it. A David and Goliath Whoa. matchup. Whoa! Hot take. Give me a low-scoring Ducks win, twenty-seven to twenty-four. And Christian drops the mic on the inaugural episode. Now, Alex, I know I'm sorry. I didn't let you. We did. I'm a terrible host. I know we didn't. Even it's bring all you good. In. It's y'all show. I'm just a guest. Yeah, okay. I got my own two-hour movie podcast. Yeah. I got enough airtime yeah. uh, for me anyway. Real, real quick. Is someone self-advertising? Uh, no. Go listen <laughs> that's, to it. It's that's amazing. For my, that's for my next, my next uh, guest spot on the tailgate talk. Yeah, that's exactly. Next one. Yeah. Oh, okay. you, you will be back. But um, real quick, I, I just I want to get your score prediction real quick before we go off air. So scheme and a great defensive coach in some cases, or former assistant, tends to be Nick Saban's kryptonite sometimes, or in the opposite. I think Dan Lanning being Ooh. with Kirby Smart, Ooh. formerly with Kirby Smart, and his scheme gets the win in low scoring. Plus, wow. wild, wild quarterbacks like Let's Bo Nix were the Nick Saban kryptonite. It might be the same for Kirby Smart. I'm going to take Oregon. What, what was the score you said? I said 27-24. Ooh, I'll go even lower than that. I'll say it'll be 17-13. to 13. Wow. Why okay. not? Defensive battle. I'm going to be so wrong, and it's going to be like 48-45, <laughs> to 45, but I don't care. I'm about to say, wow, okay, well, I – Stand off. I, I thought I was going to come in here and just be in the majority easy. We were all going to say, <laughs> Georgia's going to win. Let's go on to another game. But I'm not – again, I, I, I hate to say I've got I've got Georgia 42-17. I think that <laughs> – Wow! I, After I, all of that, I, I'm sorry. Okay, George. I, I just think I just <laughs> you're talking a new, a new coach, um, new quarterback. George is the reigning national championship champions, and I know they lost a ton in the draft again. I think they've turned. They, unfortunately, I think they turned this Alabama where they lose five stars and they've got them coming right back in again. These people played as you mentioned earlier. So, but I mean, yeah, it pains me to say it. I hope the Ducks get it done. I, I'll be praying for that on Saturday, but I just. I don't share y'all's optimism, unfortunately. I'll say one last thing on that. Um, I don't think Kirby Smart is Nick Saban. This is the game to test it. I don't think he is, and I think this team is going to be distracted. This is about as rat poison of a year as it is, yeah. as Saban would call it. Former national championships, they have bigger fish to fry than Oregon, but the problem is 
Oregon doesn't have bigger fish to fry than Georgia, and they came into Ohio Stadium last year and they beat did. Ohio yeah. State. That's when nobody point. gave them a shot. Nobody gave them a shot, and they made Stroud look human the entire game, and they were up by double digits most of the game. I think Ohio State had a last-second touchdown to yeah. make it close. Hang on. So, I'm, I'm scared I might eat my words right here. Hey, man, you know, we'll, like, we'll, have to, we'll have to talk about that later. I'm about right? to say. Uh, Just the fact that – it, it's it's week one, or it's technically week one half right now because we're in between. But this is the first, pod, first podcast, and I've convinced the man who told me almost to my face that I was dead wrong. Yes, you, about about an hour and a half. That's like Alex was agreeing with me. He thought it was going to be a blowout. People too grow. Georgia. People grow. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying about that. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we're gonna have to wind down here. I, I, I mean, Christian, I thought pretty successful first show. Oh, 100 percent. I, hundred percent. I. I, 100%. I, I Dude, I, I'm gonna be honest. I thought this is just fun. Uh, just oh talking gosh, to you. Dude. Uh, I think this is the start of a, a a nice, just fruitful relationship that we that hopefully will continue on for for many months, many years to come. But no, I I think it, I think it went really good. And, and college football's back. Oh so, yeah, Christmas. I bet it's, 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 it's September. It's the best time of year. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, but you you wanna you wanna lead us out? Yeah. No, but uh, thank you all for for tuning in and listening to us this was our very first and hopefully not last episode here signing off for the last time make sure to catch us again next wednesday every wednesday actually at 3 p.m to get your weekly dose of college football i'm christian griffin for mr donovan and alex we wish you a good rest of your afternoon here from the ti- or from the tailgate talk i messed it up too but from <laughs> The tailgate to talk. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Tailgate Talk with Christian and Donovan. Tune in next week, same time, same place, Wednesdays at 3 for your weekly dose of college football.